Welcome to the Embody Podcast. This is Candace Wu. In this episode, my friend and colleague, Beth Lynch, shares with me her journey to Roots and Wings, not just her own energy work practice, Roots and Wings, but in herself, how she unfolds her roots and her wings, who she is in her life, her challenges, and her joys. Learn a few energy work practices that she teaches most commonly here and what energy work can do for you. Beth and I connected instantly the first time we met and have been friends and colleagues ever since. And I truly admire her light, magical, and joyful energy that she brings in every single moment and word. Beth Lynch, an RN, APN, is an Eden Energy Medicine certified practitioner, an Eden Energy Medicine authorized instructor, and has a commitment to supporting and empowering you on your journey to heal, evolve, and optimize wellness through energy work. Working with energy systems can help you find your physical, emotional, and spiritual blocks, or as she calls it, sticking points, that may be holding you back from fulfillment in yourself and in your life. Beth began her journey in the health field as a nurse with holistic roots, and she always felt that there was something more she had to offer in the healing field. She followed her heart into energy medicine and is so grateful for the awareness and alignment she feels in her life now. And she loves the study and exploration of the traditions and science of energy medicine and interacting with the language of the energies. Her comprehensive training in energy medicine allowed her to fill in the gaps of conventional medicine, opening up to a wider view of caring for the body, for the mind, and the spirit. Okay, here we are together, Beth. It's so good to see you. Who are you? And please share just the lovely gifts that you bring to the world. Oh, thanks, Candace. Super happy to be here with you. Um, so I am a, I do energy work. So I, that stems from the work of Donna Eden, Eden Energy Medicine. And my first healing um, profession was nursing. And I worked with um, cancer patients and um, palliative care and hospice patients. I was kind of always into healing the whole person, I guess. And um, I found my way to energy medicine through always kind of feeling that there was something more to my healing or tapping into that healing space. And I couldn't feel happier about the energy work that I found and more aligned in my own life for the work, for how the work has changed me. And now I am certified and I'm helping others with their, um, in their lives with, with energy work, using, using it for, for physical symptoms, using it for mental, emotional, for whatever life path. It really, energy kind of, energy is everything. So it's really it woven into, into all parts of our lives. Yeah. You mentioned that you used to be a nurse and I've heard you say before that energy work helped you fill in the gaps of what was missing maybe from that realm or from your understanding. Can you tell me more about that? I, um, I remember distinctly sitting in my classes learning about all these different energy systems and how they flow and the meaning behind a lot of them is so deep and intricate and layered. And it was almost like just as layered as our human physiology. I was like blown away. And then learning some of these deeper meanings of the energy systems, it was kind of like, Oh, so that's what was happening with this, you know, for instance, this patient that was dying and was having such a hard time letting go. 
that's the system that was involved, the energy system, or for instance, I mean, there are many different examples, but it really did fill in the gaps because there's so much more to the picture than just the physical, what we can see and touch. It's the picture is way bigger and the energy plays a much bigger game than we do because it's, um, yeah, our little brains can't kind of comprehend the, the bigness and the vastness of the energies, which... I very much respect and, what's the word, revere. Yeah, you come with such such respect. And I'm wondering about your uh, the name of your practice, Roots and Wings. Yes, I um, Roots and Wings Energy is the name of my practice, and um, it has a lot of meaning for me. The rooting is a lot about grounding and sort of like just imagining that tree with a deep, that huge tree with deep and many roots some are long, some are short. It's that deep grounding, um, which is a really core part of energy work that I practice, feeling grounded um, to this earth that we are on and drawing up really powerful, rich energies from the earth. That's really, really the grounding piece of the roots. And the wings piece, it's almost like allowing yourself to open up. It's like I even feel my chest opening as I say it. Um, and that your growth is um, limitless in terms of like what you're able to do in this world, like, um, and to evolve. Like we are this tree, right? Um, metaphorically, and we can grow into ourselves and new branches all the time, things that um, maybe we haven't even thought of, but the things that we have thought of, we're meant to do. So those little whispers mean something. It's a really good reminder, the whispers. And I'm also reminded of that when someone chooses uh, a title for something or their their name of their practice, like Roots and Wings, that it probably has a personal meaning or that there's a way that um, you have applied that to your life that has made a difference. Would you share what that what that difference has been for you? For sure. I mean, this has been a personal growth journey for me as well, just even uh, making this shift from sort of mainstream medicine to sort of more alternative uh, medicine and practices. And so uh, it's been a real grounding for me, sort of my persona as a caretaker, a nurturer, a people pleaser, a giver, all those types of things um, in my life are my, some of my greatest virtues. Um, and, so, and what I've learned through energy work also, your greatest virtues can also be your greatest vices, right? And so feeling rooted within myself and in my own desires and my own sort of authority and feeling that um, grounding piece, the energy work has helped really uncover that for me. And then so that I can blossom and grow in the way um, I'm meant to, I guess. That's beautiful. I was thinking maybe you share with me some of those energy practices. Um, I'm sure that people out there listening might uh, be curious what kinds of grounding helped you feel into yourself and feel aligned with yourself. What I love about this particular energy work is it's sort of like ancient means modern. 
And so it's like bringing all these ancient practices. It's a lot of Chinese medicine based, Ayurvedic based, you know, with the meridian systems and the chakras and the aura. And so it's bringing in a lot of that sort of ancient wisdom and history, and then it's marrying it with modern day, like, I want to feel more grounded in myself, or I have a thyroid issue, or, or, you know, my adrenals. So it's like, what are the energies that are involved in all those different um, issues, and kind of pulling them together. And so for the grounding piece, um, there's actually a daily energy routine that is, you know, um, put out through this work called the Daily Energy Routine by Donna Eden. And um, it actually is really quick and ends up being less than 10 minutes. Um, but there's some pieces in that that are really helpful. And what it's comprised of is a handful of exercises that really touches on the nine different energy systems that we have. I'm sure there are more, but there are nine recognized in this practice and helping them just keep them flowing and running. And one of the practices that's really easy and really helpful for grounding um, is called the hookup. And I'm just going to explain it because you can't see me, but you take your middle finger of each hand and you put one middle finger in your belly button and you put the other middle finger in your third eye and you kind of push in and pull up with the skin and um, then you breathe. Don't forget to breathe. You kind of sit with it for at least... 30 seconds to a minute. Sometimes you have a deep sigh when your uh, meridians have hooked up. You're hooking up your central meridian, runs up the center of your body, and your governing, which runs down the back um, center of your body. And when those two are hooked up, things are running more smoothly. It's almost like an energetic spine, and everything is um, running smoother and flowing better. And you feel more grounded. It's, an, it's actually an electrical hookup as well. So you're, you're grounding your own energies within your core, that sort of center of your being that gets hooked up and sort of almost energized and fortified. So you feel that sort of strength coming within you. That's one of them. That feels so good. <laughs> and yes, it, it matches up so many of what I've, so many of the practices I've learned, yoga and Ayurveda especially, and Chinese medicine. So yeah, I can see how it's bringing that all together. So now that we've hooked up, <laughs> let's slow down and go a little deeper. I'm curious, what's exciting you about life or the world or your work right now? What have you been thinking about? Yeah, so the new year has just begun, right? And so I've done a lot of self-reflection and sort of almost making declarations for myself in a way that's supportive because I'm really good at being that self-critic and that's gotten me in some pretty negative spirals um, for sure. So I'm aware of that. It's always the first step, right? Awareness. And um, so using practices that help um, to raise my vibration because I can feel it when my vibration goes low. One of the things that's been up is this piece of sort of being a leader in your own life. Like we talk about leadership in a lot of different ways. And how can you be a leader for yourself? Again, back to my old patterns of always wanting to help everybody else and, you know, thinking about their needs, kind of bringing it back here and understanding what are my needs first and fulfilling those as best I can or on the journey to fulfill those. Um, and that starts with kind of what lights me up. 
what makes me happy, what brings me joy, and then making a conscious effort to bring those things into my life on a more frequent basis than once a week or once a month, right? More of a daily basis. It's a daily practice. We can get so caught up in the busyness, in the shoulds, in the comparing, and it's like you get in this whirlwind and those practices kind of bring you back to anchor yourself. So what have you found? What is really important to you and what brings you back to yourself? What brings you life? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a journey. I think finding community of people that have similar desires to want to increase their vibe and evolve themselves. And sometimes that means stepping out and making a change from your normal patterns. Sometimes it means taking a risk and maybe feeling fear of rejection, but taking it anyway um, in terms of reaching out with for community. The other piece that I've found that makes a big difference is energy work and me working on myself energetically, individually and with my mentor, because I think it's such deep work and really important to keep working on my own growth so that I can better serve anybody that comes into my life or my office. That's really important. The thing's really important is my family. And I have three elementary school children and a husband that I adore, all of them, and they're super important to me. And so me following my passions with energy work um, while also holding my family has been also a journey because I can easily put everything aside and just want to be there for them. But I feel so passionate about the work. And when I'm doing it, I, I kind of feel it so deeply in my body and soul that I know um, taking time away from them, I'm feeding myself and them, my family. And I even received feedback from, um, I got a card from my husband and said something to the effect of following your light, you know, affects all of us. Basically, it was like a ripple effect. And I'm not saying it quite right, but it was that, that was the idea and so meaningful. I can see you following your light. I think that following your own light brings so many challenges and fears and really speaking from the truth of your voice. And I know I've struggled with that. What, what challenges have you faced? Work in progress for sure. And it's one step, one foot in front of the other. Um, I think in terms of how you want to, how I do want to feel because we can get caught up in the the negative self-talk or those patterns of I'm not good enough or um, I'm not worthy of that or, you know, we can definitely get caught up in that. But um, shifting it to how it is I want to feel and making steps in that direction with support is like the best piece for me. I I have certain people in my life that I know um, I can get the support from and um, to continue to do that helps my own growth and to feel like I can keep going, if that makes sense. Like 
you know, because sometimes, like you said, you kind of feel like, is it even worth it? Am I even, what am I doing? <laughs> but um, then it's that constant reminder. It's the grounding and reminder from those those certain people in lives and opening yourself up to what else? What, what else is a possibility to grow and, and strengthen within yourself? What's really going on with me is me stepping out more and then all the flood of feelings that come with that. And because I'm used to being in the background, I like that spot. I don't, I'm, I don't really like the spotlight. That's not who I am. I'm the helper. I'm the, the pleaser. I'm the caretaker. I'm the one that will always be there. This fits so much with what you're saying about being a leader and being your own leader. Right. And so I was at this um, movement workshop and the woman next to me said, I had to, I felt like I had her, her words were in her past. She felt like she had to choose between being feminine and being a leader. And it just struck me. It was like, wait, what did she just say? That like hit home because it was like in my role as a person, I was this helper, pleaser, you know, do for others type person, which is a lot of feminine roles, but yet I can be a leader as well. Like, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> but really try to embody both from a, a place that makes sense to me because it's not going to look like somebody else's leadership style. I'm going to have my own. And just opening up to that as I step out, as I step out more into, into the world. What stops you when things stop you from really stepping out? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely the fear. And you were talking earlier, fear of actually becoming what you would wildest dreams would be. And then the fear of totally failing and feeling like you're worth nothing and a total fraud, right? I mean, it's both. What will people think of me? I mean, all the stuff that actually when I say it out loud, it's like, it sounds so silly, like blah, 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 I want to say to myself, you know? <laughs> Isn't that amazing? <laughs> another another judgment, right? Right. But at the same time, it's like, I think it comes from that space like, Beth, you know, it's deep within you. Like, keep moving one step, one foot in front of the other, like with things that resonate. Like using my body more than my head, like what does that feel like? If something comes up, Beth, we want you to contribute to this Facebook group. I totally, I'm, Facebook and me, we're trying to be friends. Like I'm not, it's just not my, my go-to. And I think I love this group of people. I want to contribute. That's what lights me up, but Facebook doesn't. Okay. So then how to, how to, how to move forward with that. But using my body as the, as the guide, because my head will always play tricks on me, but I feel the, oh, you know, the little twinge of like, oh, that sounds like fun or that's a good. Definitely following the joy versus the shoulds is the other big one. Mm -hmm. And I want to go back to something you said is how do I be feminine and a leader and that you're finding it in your way. And you, to me, are such a good reminder of stepping into the world in your own way. What does it look like to be feminine and a leader in your way? Yeah, I think it's like taking off all the armor, right? Like you don't have to be a leader with all this armor on you that you're so perfect and wonderful and you do everything right. And I think 
that's a lot of what I rub up against in, in terms of my patterns. And you can just be who you are in all of your beauty, all of your wholeness, right? We all have different parts of us and come from that space as a leader. So it's almost like wherever you're at in that moment, going forth from that spot and knowing deep in your core, this is who you are. Yeah, that's that little dancing part that you were saying that sparked joy. And as you're talking, I'm just thinking about something I'm moving through is similar. The way I'm moving through at the moment is recognizing what I'm feeling and not being afraid of it, not being afraid to voice it. Maybe it's in a relationship or in the world as far as how I'm experiencing myself. And it's shifting for me, the experience of it. It's that the emotions are not having as much power. Yet when I get up there to say it with somebody, maybe like how I'm feeling towards them, it feels like it has a lot of power. And then once I say it, it's, it moves. For sure. That resonates and it makes me think of um, the other piece I've been working on is boundaries. And my patterns are to, you know, always do for others. And this leadership thing has really helped me kind of learn my own boundaries and sort of hold other people able, like in my life personally. There's certain relationships where I had to sort of renegotiate myself that I'm I'm, I'm the, the giver, but I can hold my own boundary as well. That's been pretty powerful in just how you move through the world with certain people in your life or just um, interacting with others. How you, I love the um, Jill Bolte-Taylor, I don't know, she, The Stroke of Insight, her book, mm-hmm. and how she, you know, lost all access to her left side of her brain. And so all she felt was energy. So she could not understand the words people were saying, but she felt their words. She felt what they brought into the room. And and she felt if it was negative or if it was positive or if it was overwhelmingly joyful. Or And her takeaways from that are so beautiful. Listen to her TED Talks or podcasts or whatever. Um, she's like, you need to be responsible for the energy you bring into the room. So powerful in that ownership piece of empowerment within yourself, your own leader, how are you presenting in the world? And it ripples out. I completely find that. (laughs) I'm just thinking about the space of what's unsaid or unacknowledged and that being part of your energy Mm -hmm. and how that affects how you experience yourself then and how others experience you or just what's in the room. We've all had that experience of being in a situation where, you know, you have like a one face on, maybe a happy face on for the situation, but inside you're like feeling totally different, totally anxious or totally negative. Some people are really good at hiding it, but at the same time, the energy is going to seep out in some way or, or another, either, either in that situation or when you go home to your family and you start yelling at your kids or something. <laughs> it's going to come out. Yeah, the body has a way of reminding you that it's still there somewhere. You're still tethered to it. For sure. And my kids are my greatest teachers. Are you kidding me? It's like (laughs) things they bring up in me is um, 
pretty amazing. And then having the vulnerability to talk with them about whatever was brought up is pretty powerful too. I'm hoping I'm not messing them up too much. <laughs> I think most mothers I've heard say say that. I know, right? <laughs> Many mothers say that. Yeah. <laughs> One of my teachers says that you just can't because you come in with a lot of it. Right. And I, I've kind of come to, I used to be so hard on myself about that piece, but I think I've come to like, I'm doing the very best I can in with what I have right now. And they are on their own journey as well. That's really helped me too, that they are individual souls on their journey. Yes, I'm their mother and we're interacting, but wow, they have amazing gifts too. And I'm doing the best I can. That's amazing. So let's shift gears a little bit. What have you learned in your practice? Wow. Um, I think each person brings in something unique. And there are times I feel like I wish I could be more efficient, whatever that means. But at the same time, the energy work um, that happens is, is the opening for the next step. So I don't know about efficiency and energy. It's, which I think is so our culture, like what's the best, fastest way to do anything, right? And energy work, it's like an opening. Each person is a, is a different opening. Like we can't expect just to push it like that. Exactly. A lot of this work is counterculture, which I think makes it feel like you ever, it feels with resistance sometimes. A lot of people, when they're starting out their practice, because it's growing slowly or because it's, you're creating a foundation at your pace, they feel inadequate. What's your experience with that? Inadequacy is probably one of my hottest buttons that kind of spirals me into a very negative, not good place. Say it again, but it comes back to like, what is most important to me? What are the things that, the gifts that I bring to the world and how can I do that in a way that feels really good? And not compare myself to every other energy worker or not um, feel like I'm competing. Like I'm so done with comparing and competing. It, it serves no purpose. And collaboration and sort of feeling supported by others and myself is where I have to come back to. And it's like, and come back again and again, because it's so easily to, to feel all those other things, right, that are very much in the air. Yeah, I think many people are dealing with that in their own way, with whatever their gifts are, whatever they're working on, or wherever they're trying to go. I imagine there are any energy work practices that you use for that. And can you tell me about that? Yes. There's the fear thing that pops up, right? When you're sort of embarking on new territory for yourself. On your head, there are neurovascular points that cor correspond to um, different meridians. 
and you cover a lot of them just even with a whole hand. You can put one whole hand on your forehead with very light pressure. You're not pressing hard. And then the other whole hand on the back of your head, kind of behind your eyes, directly behind your eyes on the back of your head. And again, light pressure. And these are the fear points um, that cor correspond to the water element, um, which holds the emotion of fear. And you can hold these points on your head with your hands and even just say out loud, fear of messing up, fear of messing up, fear of feeling inadequate. Whatever it is, it's like you say that out loud as you're holding these points and it helps to sort of rebalance that um, fight or flight, that fear um, that sort of pulses through your body when you're thinking that. It brings energy and blood back up to the brain for those, those areas and it helps to um, balance it. And you don't have to say the fears out loud. You can just hold those points too. It's still effective, but um, that is a, a really powerful one that you have access to all the time, you know, and can can do anywhere. So, so that's specifically for fear, mm -hmm. for any fear. Mm -hmm. And then when you were saying like balancing, mm -hmm. it was it looked almost like water. Is that related? Right. It's the um, water element holds the emotions of fear, anxiety. And also courage and bravery. So it's a spectrum. I love saying the whole spectrum because it's not just about fear and anxiety. There's, there's caution, there's bravery, courage also that water encompasses. So, which I love that. There's two sides, right? There's, there's all of it. Yeah, yeah, it's the fullness of it. Right. And then... I mean, we can get frustrated, we can get angry, right? We can get irritated with ourselves or with whatever's happening around us. The points for that are right on your temples. Um, if you put thumbs on your temples and fingers on your forehead, again, really light pressure. This corresponds to the wood element, and it can help bring that sort of feeling of anger, irritation, annoyance. It can bring it down. Um, you do have to kind of keep in contact for at least two minutes for everything to kind of um, connect, but that can be really powerful as well in calming some energy systems um, that are connected with our sort of anger feelings. Seems like you're pressing on the gallbladder channel and then, is that right? And then the stomach? Yeah. It's, um, there is the gallbladder channel here and then also the um, triple warmer neurovascular point is here, which is... Um, one of our stress, fight or flight, um, and it holds our stress or flight or flight. So yeah, and then the main neurovascular is here on the forehead. Mm -hmm. Great. So anger has been a hard emotion for many people to deal with. Where does that come up for you? Yeah, I mean, anger definitely comes up for me. One of the triggers is when I feel inadequate, then I, I get angry and it comes out in ways I'd rather it not. <laughs> usually, it usually comes out with the people that you love the most, right? Like those people in your family, those that unconditional peace, then you get, I get angry with them. <laughs> and I think the other piece I, that I notice anger in my life is boundaries, like when I've had enough. And then anger is like a, a really like intense boundary that pops up. 
Um, and so not that that's a skill that I like to use often. Sometimes it is helpful, but um, sort of looking at the anger and making friends with it and trying to understand, usually there's a lot more underneath it for me. Inadequacy, shame, you know, should should be something else. Should Should be, like that you should be something else? Right. Why is this happening right now? All those types of things. Anger pops up. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking about like my inner critic and how do we navigate and make friends with our inner critic? I'm still working on it. I think we all are, Beth. And I think with the energy work, it's like there's a this piece to it, that piece to it. Like I've worked a lot on my um, sort of second chakra area, sort of that intuition piece, that really beautiful part of us. and. I feel like that's gotten a lot stronger. And so I, I can connect it now to my third chakra, which is um, sort of our, it, our, our coming out in the world, who we are, our identity, and it connects with our wood element, and so, which is a lot about boundaries and assertiveness and feeling um, and moving forward. And so it's like using energy work to the practices to say, wow, I've worked on this part. Now I can have that part help another part of me develop and grow. Like building those foundations for more of the growth and more of being yourself. Right. And really making space for all of it. I loved, uh, my one mentor said I was in a really bad place, feeling just worthless and not um, good enough. And, and she's like, you know, you get to have both, feeling worthy, feeling unworthy. And I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> what a relief. I know. Right? Right? And then, and that's somewhere in your, in your energy body, right? All that stuff is floating around. And so it's like we resist things so much. Like I shouldn't feel that. I want to feel this. But you're actually feeling all of it and it's all floating around. So it's like it's welcoming it all in and then being able to work with it when you are feeling stuff that you're ready to shift out of, but work with it with kindness and compassion versus beating it with a stick. Exactly. Right. So in this book that I really love, The Celestine Prophecy, there's this part about, um, this insight about when you encounter people if you actually stay with where your energy goes, like who your energy goes to, and you reach out or you connect in a very genuine way, they're going to have a message for you. And I feel like there's an energy between us, and there's something that we're creating here together. Um, so that's kind of two things. But first, I wonder if you have any message for me personally, Ms. Candace. Ooh. I love this kind of stuff. I feel like the message is, I keep doing this up the center of my body. It's like keeping within your own knowing, essence, beauty, and brilliance because it's always there. Like I feel like it, get, it can get covered up, but it is always, always there. And it's like an uncovering to be able to access it. 
Yeah, I feel a tingling in my body as you say it. And as I'm doing this motion with you, it's a motion of like my left hand is going up and down the front of my body vertically, feeling aligned. Yeah, and I see you taking a deep breath. That's, I can definitely take that message. And if you had a message for yourself from like 15 years ago, what, would, what message would you deliver? Oh, yes. I would deliver, don't be so hard on yourself. Recognize your own gifts and keep going in that direction for how it makes you feel, meaning me, not how it makes other people feel, how it makes you feel. Wow. Did you have an inkling back then that there was something that was calling you and did you listen? I think I've always known there's something else and I wasn't listening right away. And I, it's almost like I try to dip into it but very surface in a very surface way. And then when I finally allowed myself the openness, the space to dip into what it is I was feeling, that's when it, that's when it, the sort of energy work came through for me. I mean, it wasn't easy and I had a lot of self-criticism during that time, but at the same time, I had to let something else go to allow that in which was also another big lesson. We hold on to things so tight, right? Because we're scared or it's safe. And it's like you can't let anything in when your hands are gripping something so tight. I relate to that. And also when when I'm gripping so tight, it's sort of helping me with the fear. I'm, I'm like protecting and and yet it's it's both. For sure. And it's these things that we know and say. And when we hear someone else say it, we're like, yes. That's, you know, we know not to grip so hard. We know to be kind to ourselves. But it's like, how does it actually happen in your own life? And I think that becomes a very individual process where what you following what resonates with you and then the daily practice of, of that piece to kind of keep you back to center, help, keep helping you come back to center. Yeah, it sounds a lot like meditation with the whole body. For sure. I have also found music to be a big teacher for me. And I had a recent experience um, over the Christmas holiday season at going to a musical performance. And there were two different performances and they were um, from two different cultures and they were both depicting the same story. And you listen to one and it was beautiful. I think it was from Germany. And the pieces in it were just, it was a beautiful performance of of this story. And then you there was another one from Latin America. And that it itself was another beautiful performance. And it was like, I felt like it was neon lights showing me like there there is beauty in you, your own uniqueness. And you can be talking about the same thing as someone else or sharing similar um messages what is coming from you and that has its own uniqueness to it um 
So it was really helpful for, for me. It was a really helpful illustration for me. Like we all just need to come with our gifts and share them. And they're all going to look a little different, even if they're talking about a similar subject or topic. That's so important these days, especially for just for all of us, especially for healers and practitioners. What I found for myself is that when I, um, at least in this stage in my practice and in my work, I'm comfortable and in my zone at some point, like if I've worked with the fears around it and then I'm just in the flow, but then I at some point want to reach out for more and I want to grow in another way. And in fact, this podcast is part of that. Uh, and then I face all my fears again and yet they're in another way. And I hear so many people feel frustrated. Like I thought I worked on that thing. Uh, what's your experience with this? Oh, very, very similar. I can't even tell you. And, um, and it's funny how it shows up differently, but yet feels very similar. Like, you know, those same feelings that make you feel so uncomfortable. Um, and I love the thing of turning it on its head. Like, what is this showing me? Like, what's the gift in this? Like, oh, you're here again. This yucky feeling of inadequacy, right? <laughs> oh, what are you trying to tell me this time? Right? Like playing with it a little bit more. And then, um, the other piece of that is I'm I'm kind of in that same space. Like I've sort of gotten to a level of my energy work and I feel like I'm now at a different level and I feel like I'm at the beginning again. And so all that same fear stuff and um, negativity, you know, pops up again. But at the same time, it's a little different. Like, okay, I'm here at this new level and I can dive deeper and I can reach out for support. And it's funny how when you're open to that, things start flying in. Like a perfect opportunity to help me dive deeper came in my inbox, you know, a week after I was feeling this way. So oh, yes, <laughs> it's like opening yourself up to it too. Because I feel like when we kind of close in or contract and not that contracting is bad, but if we isolate, when we isolate, that's when it can get feeling like really dark and there's no way out. But it's like opening it up like, what is this trying to tell me? Be a little playful. What else is possible that things can have a chance to come in? Yes, that's that's so helpful. Yeah, it's been a delight to have you today, Beth. And thank you so much. Oh, I really enjoyed it. You're the best, Candace. Thank you. So are you. <laughs> Beth is passionate about working with women's health, heart and empowerment issues to help with more flow, ease, and health in your life. And she loves working with kids groups. She's married and the mother of three beautiful and spirited children and lives the labyrinth nature of being a parent. A few things that she loves are kindness, connection to others, yoga, the fresh feeling of being outside in nature and spending time with family and friends. And of course, their Bernese mountain dog. Eden Energy Medicine Techniques incorporates traditional Chinese medicine, acupressure involving the meridians, auras, five-element theory, chakras, along with qigong and yoga influences, all to help your energies flowing and to keep you feeling better inside and out. You can check out her work at www.rootswingsenergy.com. Thank you so much for listening. And before you leave, I'd like to invite you to subscribe to the weekly Embody podcast at candicewu.com slash podcast 
or learn more about me, get lots of free resources on embodiment and healing, meditations, and more by going to my website, candicewu.com slash embody. See you next time on the Embody Podcast.